0: Welcome to All Things Career Podcast. The mission of All Things Career is to provide the unwritten rules of success to people of color. No matter if you have a job or own a business, we want to share information and experiences that we wish we knew earlier in our careers.
1: So with this being the All Things Career podcast, it's important for Kirsten and I to keep you all updated on what's actually happening in our careers. Um, Within the last week, Kirsten was just promoted at work.
0: Woo! You guys, I'm just so excited and just so honored and humbled to be sharing this with you all and just getting this new opportunity at work. And so for today's show, we're going to talk about um, my process of how I, you know, prepared for the interview, because I knew that it was going to be tough um, to land this promotion and to land this new job. And kind of the things that I walk through um, to prepare, because I feel I've shared this with Darius is like if I would have done one less thing, I don't think I would have gotten the job. And so with our podcast being centered around giving the unwritten rules, because, again, this wasn't like in a playbook. These are things that people just told me, like mentors told me. And I took tidbits from each person and then I did the play. And I was successful. So I just, we both thought that it would be beneficial to kind of share this on today's show. Um, But before we get started, I just wanted to give a disclaimer and kind of set the scene and give context that. This show by no means is me bragging about my career journey. It's not anything for self gain, but rather, again, for me to share my journey in hopes that it will help somebody else as, you know, if they're thinking about um, applying for promotion or if they're looking to change careers. So I just wanted to say that first and foremost, because I'm truly humbled and I know that this was God's work and God had his hand in this and I'm sharing this so that I can be um, a blessing to someone else.
1: All right. So let's set the scene a little bit. How long have you been with this company?
0: So in June, so a month from today, it'll be three years in totality.
1: OK. And how about your previous position not, not the one that you've just been promoted to, but the position before that. How long were you in that role?
0: Yeah, so that's a tricky question because before officially accepting um, my old role, I did a short-term assignment basically doing the job. So I did the short-term assignment for three months before I officially accepted the role and moved over. So if you count that, it would be a year and seven months that I was in the role, but a year and four months officially in the
1: role. I have so many different questions that I want to ask you. Um, before we get too far along the conversation, I want you to explain what a short-term assignment is and how anyone, no matter what organization you're in, how they can take advantage of short-term assignments.
0: That's a really good, great question. Um, short-term assignments look very differently for each company. But basically, a short-term assignment is... Um, you sort of being on loan to a different area of the business for a short period of time. So, um, you're, bosses would kind of decide on how long that would be. I've seen some short-term assignments be a year. I've seen others be a month. It really just depends on what the two bosses agree on. But during that time, you're able to kind of try out or test drive um, a different area of the business by working on a meaningful project, and they can kind of test drive you out as well. And um, that was something that I had not heard of before I came to this company, but I thought it was so useful because it was... It really confirms if you're in the right place, like if you're interested in a certain area, but like you don't want to move roles and completely figure it out, doing a short term assignment or even doing a project um, would be a great way for you to kind of test it before you drive it, if you will.
1: And let's not get it confused. You still had to complete your day to day task in your current role while also fulfilling the short term assignment. So you were doing more work.
0: Yes. So you are doing two jobs, if you will. Um, so like my short term assignment was like on, you know, let's say I finish my day job at three, maybe from three to five every day, I would be working on the, the short term assignment or STA um, acronym, or I would maybe work on the weekends or whatever to get it done. Um, so yes, let me be clear, you are still doing your current job um, while you are doing your STA. But some like some people work it out where you're not. So it again, it really does vary from company to company, but for me it was an STA um long term because it wasn't like bound to a specific project. Um, but I was working between my current job and the short term assignment.
1: And the reason why I wanted to bring that up was because of the exposure that it gave you yeah. into the new position. Um, your now boss uh, was able to learn your work ethic. She was, uh, she was able to understand what value that you can bring to the team and the projects that she was planning on putting you on. Um, so let's fast forward here. Um, the, the, your current role um, came came up less than, what, 30 days ago? The opportunity came up less than 30 yeah. days ago that's yeah. that's that's something to think about
0: yeah yeah well like i said at the beginning you guys this is truly like a work of god and darius can pinch me or yell at me or check me if i'm lying but last year i would say mid 2020 I just started like meditating on like, okay, what will be my next role? Because my company is a culture of like every two to three years, you're kind of looking for what's next. Not that you're not happy, but just – for that constant elevation, that constant growth, you should be, you know, networking and trying to figure out what you want next. So last year, this time, I would say I was really just asking God to kind of show me other opportunities in different areas of the business so that, you know, when I did reach my two-year or three-year mark, it would be easy if Of a position came open. Um, And so that is something that I think is just so powerful about this entire situation is that this is something that didn't just pop up a month ago. And then I was like, oh, let me apply. Like, I really, truly believe like God had it like in his plan and something that I have been meditating on for a year plus before it even became an opportunity.
1: And let's not forget, you had a career map. So on that career map, you had um, let's call them flagpoles. Yeah. You had different flagpoles where you wanted to be by X amount of years and the type of skill sets and experiences that you wanted to develop mm-hmm. to get you to that flagpole. Let's just say three to five years from now, you want to be a director or you want to be a, 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 a vice president, you know? Hey, let's toot that horn. <laughs> Chief
0: diversity officer to be specific.
1: <laughs> yeah. So like, On your way towards one of those milestones, you need to develop certain skill sets, certain acumen and certain experiences to get to that point. And God opened up this opportunity at the right time.
0: Yeah. And I think a career map, and we'll share this. I can share mine with you all, like in the show notes, but a career map, if you don't have one, is so crucial to your career because like Darius said, so you have your Northern Star and you know in order to reach your Northern Star, you have to do certain roles or you have to build certain capabilities in order to be successful at that supreme role, right? And so- Having your career map allows your leaders to see, okay, by year 2022, I want to be in this role because it's going to give me these capabilities. And then following that role, I want to do this. And you can have so many different paths to get you to your North Star, but it's so important that you have that because when roles like these come up, it makes sense because you're like, okay, yes, this aligns in my career map. This is something that I've wanted to do. Um, And it's not just like me applying because it's out there or it's an opportunity like no you're being strategic about your career and you know what capabilities it's going to give you for your northern star
1: perfect (laughs) so let's jump into the nitty gritty um why this specific role like what type of skill sets were you going to be gaining from your current position and why was this position the position for you
0: yeah well first let me just clarify. this was a two-level, you guys, two-level promotion within the same team. So I give that framework and that background because while it is a promotion, I'm not really moving teams. So, like, think of it as— um, It's a
1: lateral movement.
0: It's not it's, lateral, it's not though.
1: It's, it's a vertical movement, not lateral. Yeah. Um, so you could have moved to a different part or function of your company and stayed at the same pay. Right. But this is a vertical leap. Two levels. Two levels, <laughs> um, not only in your pay, um, but just in experience. It, it, it qualifies your 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 equity at the company.
0: Absolutely, and it's like, you know, it's one of those roles that are few and far in between. It's it's the equivalent of a management role, if I could put it in layman terms, um, and I would be managing an area or a scope of work for our team. And to your question, Darius, the reason why I wanted this role is because, you know, my long-term goal is to be a chief diversity officer. And as I think about that, a chief diversity officer has to be able to work with different areas of the business and has to be a valued HR partner. And while You know, my previous roles, I have been seen as a valued recruiting partner. I really wanted to be strategic with actually getting business exposure. And and so in this role, you know, without going into too much detail, you know, I'll be tracking metrics and data analytics for all the different areas of the business at my company, and I'll have direct exposure to senior executives and senior leaders um, on a quarterly and bi quarterly or bi annual, excuse me, basis. So it's a very strategic play and just really, you know, monumental for my career and what my long term goals are. And I will be stretched and challenged too. So I think the best advice I've received in this entire process, or well, one of the best advices was, if a role does not scare you a little bit or you feel like you're not gonna grow or you're not going to be challenged, then it's not the role for you. And so I think oftentimes, especially women, we get so caught up in you know being able to do every single thing on the job description. But like my mentor told me, she was like, you know, it's OK if you don't feel like you can do everything today. But when you walk away from this job, you're going to be able to do everything. And that's what growth and development is all about.
1: Yeah, I, I was going to go off on a tangent, but I want this time to be about you. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing that this was going to be a role that you would have to stretch and grow into. How did you prepare for that?
0: Yeah, well, first, let me just clarify that. In my eyes, I believe I was qualified for the role, and clearly I was if I got the job. But I think since I shared with you all that it would be a two level promotion, there was a lot around, you know, my tenure and my age with the company. Um, You know, me being under the age of 30, people felt as if maybe I wasn't ready for this close to management role. So that was kind of a barrier that I had to address. Also, my tenure at the company, you know, I've only been there for um, three years. It's going on three years now. And there would be people who'd be applying that had 20 plus years or 12 years or over 10 years. So how could I brand myself as someone who's qualified, someone who has the experience and has the ability to do the job and not only do the job, but do the job well. And so that was, you know, I, I think it's important when you're preparing for an interview that you know what you're up against and that you know, you know, what you're facing and what maybe the interviewers may be thinking about so that you can tackle them. Um, and so I shared at the beginning that if I would have done one less thing, I would not have gotten a job. So let me just high level um, list kind of what I did. And then Darius, you can ask questions because I feel like I'm in it. So I don't really know if it's too general or if I need to go more in depth. But the very first thing that I did is that I asked my manager, who also was a hiring manager. So again, this is kind of complex because I'm on the same team. But I asked my manager if she would be supportive for me applying for this role. So that was the first and foremost step. And so if you're applying for, you know, another job, you need to you need to network with the hiring manager, right? So that was the first step. After I um received her clearance, I then thought about who this person would be working with. And I tried to meet with as many people as possible to have informational interviews about the role, to understand how I could be a good business partner, what good looks like in that role from their lens. And so I was able to meet with 15 to 20 people. And those are people that were on my team. And also it was people in the business. And this was super strategic, you guys, because I did, Like I said, like Darius shared, it was a 30-day time period. So I did this um, very early on in the process. And the reason why that's so important is because I didn't know who the interviewers were going to be. So I was able to talk to them before they were told that they were going to be interviewers. And that, I don't know if that played a role because... I just don't know if it played a role or not. I haven't asked them, but I was able to talk to, I was lucky enough to be able to talk to all four of the interviewers about my interests and about my intent and why I wanted the job before they knew they were, they were interviewers. And that's so important because it wasn't a conflict, right? There's nothing wrong about that. I didn't know that they were going to be interviewers, but I was strategic about talking to them before like before the interview process, because in the event if they were, I already had told them before they interviewed me about my intent.
1: And they didn't know that they were going to be interviewing no, you as well. No, they didn't know so either. So let's let's put that out there. Um, I think it's important for you to just understand networking is important, mm-hmm. especially when you're prospecting a new role. Um, I love the fact that you were communicating with. Um, external and internal partners within the organization, just because you don't know how well that person before you was doing in that position. Yeah. What if they were falling short? What is one thing that this person was not doing that I can add value to uh, when I hopefully take on this position and, and, as, as you and I talked about offline, you use that to your advantage during your interviews because right. you knew exactly what that position was missing.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's super, that's super important. So after you network, the next thing that I did is that I built my portfolio to highlight, you know, my strengths. And what I did is I took the job description and I put, green on all the areas and where I had done that capability. So if it said like run data, so I was able to use, you know, when I did it at Lily or excuse me, when I did it at the company, when I did it at my past company, and maybe when I did it outside. So like on the podcast, like we run data. So I was able to show them, okay, these are all the places where I'm doing this. And this is why I'm qualified for the role. I also included in that portfolio a list of people that I met with. Um, so I met with like, 15 to 20 people. And so I included about 10 of them on there that I felt like would be most powerful to include. And then I also included a little bit about who I was as a person and why I would be dedicated to the work. After the portfolio, oh, when I was actually preparing for the interview, I did a mock interview the night before the first interview, and it was so beneficial. So I 10 out of 10 recommend, um, I learned this from my pageant days, but if you're doing an interview, try to do a mock interview and try to find people who have the personality of maybe the people that you're going to be interviewing. So don't try to interview with people that you're comfortable with. Try to interview with someone who you're not comfortable with or somebody you know that's going to be tough like one person would be. But I think like I shared with Darius and I shared with you all a little bit earlier, if I would have done one listing, So let's say I didn't send the portfolio, um, to the interviewers, or let's say I didn't meet with the people and have informational interviews. I truly do not believe that I would have gotten this job. Like I think every single thing played a role. So if you are going up for a promotion at work and you know it's going to be tough, if you're applying for a job, you know, do those things. So talk to your boss first, get a portfolio, have informational interviews, um, have a mock interview. And most importantly, make sure you follow up with a thank you. Even if it's like your boss, like I shared with you all, like this was people that I knew. These are people that were on my team. This was my current boss. So I could have easily just been like, okay, like, you know, I'm not gonna go hard. I'm not gonna write thank you cards or thank you notes or any of that because they know me. But no, like I made sure that I wrote thank you emails following. I made sure that um, when I received the offer, that I thanked them again. Like those little things go a long way.
1: Yeah, it's the small things that separate people. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most people, they try to do too much. They try to go over the top. um, And it honestly is their downfall. Um, But the little things is what separated you from your competitors. And with God's help, it worked out for you.
0: And I think also, like, this is something that I learned in my pageant days, but like, It can be, you guys, I remember in competition, it would be like a point difference between one person, the person that got the crown, and the person was first runner up. And so as I think about that as like an interview process, like it can be one thing that sets you apart from being the leading candidate and you being the backup. So just think about that as you are navigating like, you know, your process is like, okay, should I do this one thing? Like, yes, do it. Like, you don't want to think back and be like, okay, if I would have done this, maybe the outcome would have been different. And that was something that I just kept telling myself in the waiting process after all the interviews was like, I did all I can do. There's nothing more that I could have done better. So if it's not the job for me, that is okay.
1: And if you would have not received this role, it would have been okay. Just because you, you put your best foot forward and everyone that had an encounter with you would have had that much more respect for you they would understand your work ethic and honestly if there was an opportunity that opened up in their sphere or their circle they would have mentioned it to you if your skill sets align with that position
0: yeah and I think that's the thing that people get really nervous about it's like okay what if I lose like I'm gonna be so embarrassed but Darius really and I know this to be true just from being in HR is like even if you don't get it your first role or the first time, it's going to open up doors for you in the future because you're going to have exposure to the interviewers they are going to keep you in mind for other things. So like it truly does, You don't lose. You gain. Either you gain the job or you gain exposure. And exposure is the key to anything because anyone can, everyone's going to be a high performer. But it's if people know your work and they recognize your work and recognize you, that's when opportunities present themselves to you in the workplace. So, and I think also disclaimer, Darius and I were talking about this because I, like y'all, I was going through it for 30 days. I feel like I was online again, but we both said like, So regardless of the outcome, we were still going to record this podcast and this episode because there were so many key learnings. So I'm happy that I'm sharing it from, you know, being successful. But I think I even would have podcasts about it and shared with you all if I didn't get it, because there's just so many learnings from going through this interview process.
1: Yeah, um, you will learn more from your failures. Um, But again, I keep saying this. I thank God that you were still able to learn more about yourself during this entire process.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think, okay, so you guys know I'm the quote girl, but this quote just really stood out to me and I want to share it with you all. It said, don't let the fear of losing be greater than the excitement of winning. I'll read it again. Don't let the fear of losing Be greater than the excitement of winning. And when I read that, I was like, oh my gosh, that is so me. Because, you know, when you're interviewing for something, you're like nervous, right? You you don't want to be embarrassed if you don't get it, or if you put your best foot forth and, you know, it doesn't work out. Like, it's just so much angst around, okay, if I don't get it, if I don't get it, if I don't get it, like, what am I going to do? And that quote is so true. Like, But you want to win. And it's so exciting to win and be successful. Like, don't take that away from yourself. And so if there's anyone out there like me that has anxiety or that worries a lot or just like really obsesses over that, you know, meditate on that quote. Like, losing is sucks. But don't allow that fear to take away from the joy of winning or the joy of being successful. And I will share also, you know, Darius and I, we always um, have a quote that we say is, you know, what's meant for you will not pass you and what passes you wasn't meant for you. Um, And, you know, I feel like that quote has a real like not a negative connotation, but it's like, it's basically saying like, if it doesn't work out for you, like it's okay because it wasn't meant for you. So it's like, it's like a quote that you use when something doesn't work out for you. And through this process, I was telling Darius, I was like, that quote is so good because oftentimes I apply it when things don't work out for me, but now I'm able to apply it for something that it did work out for me. Like this role was meant for me. And it's just so, I don't know, joyful to like, know when something is meant for you. I've only felt like that a couple of times in my life with Darius, you know, you guys, some of you all know, whoop whoop. know I love story. But I think this role is another one where it was meant for me. And it just feels so good when something is meant for you and you're in God's purpose and plan for your life versus your own.
1: And there's still so much more that God is going to pave out for you. Yes. So I can't wait for you to get through your first 90 days. Um, I think we should circle back around in this conversation just to talk about how you were able to take this position to the next level.
0: Yes, yes. I will definitely share that with you all because I think oftentimes we focus a lot on the interview process, but those first 90 days, like, and granted my process will be a little bit different because I'm still on the same team, but that first 90 days is like, where, you know, the real work comes in. So I will be sure to, you know, follow back up and we'll come back on Darius and I, um, to talk about it some more, but I just wanted to share that with you all. I'm so excited, so honored and just so humbled, you know, Darius and I in 2021, we shared that this is going to be our year where we, really focus on our relationship with God. Like, you know, we always kind of had like a lukewarm relationship. Like obviously we believe in God, but what if we dedicate every day, doing a devotion, praying and witnessing his presence in our life and just being more vocal with our faith, with our friends and our family. Um, and Mike Todd has a quote that he says, you know, if this is your best year spiritually. It will be your best year yet. And I am a living Testament that it's only May getting married in June. So, only um, in the first half of the year and it truly is, it's true you know, if you give your life to God and I did not come on here to preach but I just saw, it's on my heart right now like if you give your life to God He will give you the desires of your heart and it's things that, you, the unthinkable right, like me thinking that this would happen I, I wouldn't have believed you like just like 2020, we wouldn't have believed 2020 would happen um, and that's the power of God so
1: You've been listening to All Things Career Be sure to subscribe to learn more ways to increase your value. Don't let what you learned today go to waste. Leave a review. Let us know how you plan on using today's content to improve your career. Until next time.